Willie D Live. It's Willie D, y'all. Back with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world in the studio. T.I. What's, What's up, King? What's up, King? Oh, man, you know, I can't call it. I might spoil it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing fine, man. I'm doing fine. Um, trying to keep up with you, man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not necessarily trying to emulate what you're doing, just trying to keep up with what you're doing. <laughs> you know, hey. like, yeah, you on the move, man. Hey, man, I move at the speed of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, move, you, you on the move, man. Got a chance to see your comedy show. Right on. Thanks I like the, I like the pause. I like the delivery. I like the speed in which you have been uh, have become acclimated to the atmosphere of comedy. Yeah, you know, comedy is as you know that, that comedy ain't no joke. <laughs> you know, co- comedy is a real thing. Like yeah, like you can't play with comedy. Right. right? And I know. I mean, let me ask you: Did you when you first decided that you was going to do comedy? Did you feel offended when certain people thought that you was playing around or they thought you was joking about it or whatever? Mm-mm. I mean, it was kind of an anticipation. You know, I, and I didn't really decide to do it, you know. I um, I was just thrown in, you know. I go to comedy clubs a lot, have a lot of friends, people around me that are comedians, and so I support them. One of my mm-hmm. friends, K-Dove, he do a lot of open mic nights and so I went to one of his open mic nights and he just threw me on stage now how how does that go how does someone throws uh, (laughs) T.I. the man who who is uh, cannot be bought who is his own man he's a boss how do you throw a boss on stage well he said coming to the stage whether you know it or not (laughs) chill And you just and walked just, up there. They just start, yeah. Without at first, I waved them off, on. but they just start clapping so loud. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You That's know, dope. I was attracted to the light. That's dope. Yeah. When That's I got dope. my first laugh, I was hooked. I started doing it like every day. Now, what's what was the first joke, or was it a story? Man, uh, really, man, I just got up there initially and started talking about what I was going through that day. Yeah. Which was kind of uh, revolving around, you know, like, something like women know everything till it's time to figure out what they want to eat. Right. You know, and, you know, and I think, you know, th- just just things that I go through because I'm talking about my wife. And, of course, people already know my wife, talking about my kids. Mm-hmm. People already kind of familiar. Uh, and then I got into, you know, just kind of, digging into people's perception of me or what people may have heard about mm-hmm. me, what they what they think about, talk about, you know, in reference to me. And I think finding the humor in that, you know, is something that, that everybody can laugh together about. You know yeah. I mean? now, now, when you're telling these jokes, especially when you're talking about Tiny, <laughs> your wife. Yeah. Your dear wife. Mm-hmm. Is there ever any trepidation about telling a joke when you look out and you know she's right there and she's in the audience? I mean, you know, if it's true to if it's if it's true to who I am and true to our relationship, and of course not. If I say something that's totally separate and away from the reality that we that that we exist within, that would you know, I, I think she pretty man. Look. 
the rule is you can't get mad if it's funny. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I just go out there and say some wild shit, don't nobody laugh, you know, that'll probably, I probably, I probably get in more trouble for not being funny. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, we, but I mean, she got, man, she, she got thick skin and, uh, I do too. And she see like, you know, I make fun of myself. So I don't think, you know, she don't think nothing of it. Mm-mm. Yeah. I was watching the audience mm-hmm. watch her. Ooh. Watching her response. Now, that's something I haven't had a chance to do. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to watch the audience watch her. Yeah. How, what, what did they, how did they respond? It was good. It was, and then people were like, here's the, here's what's funny. Uh-huh. This, is what, this is what's great about comedy. When people can laugh without looking to check for the response of the person or the reaction of the person that the joke is on or the person who's part of the joke. Yeah. Right? When they can just just freely just go ahead and laugh, then you look over and say, oh, she's laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And she, I mean, she was she was really enjoying it. Uh, I, I could tell she was proud of She was like sitting out like, <laughs> she was just laughing and, and she was like, you know, she was taking it in, and when she wasn't laughing, she was doing a lot of smiling, you know, like yeah. I was watching her. So it seems like to me she's bought into the concept of you being a comedian and yeah. you getting on that stage, you know, telling your story. She was there the first night, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so when I got off stage, of course, people, you know, they applauded, and I sat down, and she said, how did you do that? She said, you didn't know nothing what you was going to say. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. I said, I just... Just went up there, you know what I mean? And she's never impressed about anything with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is kind of like, yeah, all right, all right. You know, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, she she, she, uh, she feel like she has to anchor me down, you know what I'm saying, because I, I get out there, you know what I'm saying? So I think she's always kind of very, you know, uh, nonchalant. Um Unless it's big celebrations, like, you know what I'm saying, like real true achievements. Um, so for her to actually be impressed by that, it let me know I was on to something. Right. So I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Uh, and the advice that I got from everybody was stay on stage. You know, you want to get better, stay on stage. You want to yeah. work out your jokes. You know, you want to trim down, you know, find the best part. So you got to stay on stage. And that's you know that's what I that's what I've been doing. The thing about most comedians when they come into the game, mm. they get a chance to go into the small rooms <laughs> and test their jokes out. They I can, did that. They can do a lot of that, but they can do it uns, unseen, right? <laughs> they can do it. They can tell the jokes, and nobody's going back reporting. Okay, this is what he did. Oh, yeah. Tony T.I. said this, and T.I. Right. did this. Uh, this is what the crowd did. You know, they can get away with that you know mm-hmm. they, they can make mistakes right without it being highlighted without it being front page news right you can't you yeah. don't get that grace and i tend to think that some comedians are happy that you don't get that grace i ain't tripping man <laughs> you know i think that it's like get them you're like like this yeah this our shit right here yeah. you want to fuck with this this what comes with it i mean it's kind of like you know i guess people think they have a monopoly on laughter Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I just, I think we all have um, unique experiences uh, and a genuine perspective 
associated with our journeys. And every one of us got important shit to share. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't, you know, whether it's for me or not, it's for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Somebody out there can relate. So I just do my thing. One thing I ain't going to do is let nobody else's opinions uh, dictate or determine what I'm going to do for myself. You know what I mean? So I never really, you know, I considered it, but I didn't, I didn't really pay it much attention. You know what I mean? Kind of like trees on the highway. You did, you see them, but you know, you got to go. You going where you get. Right. You going where you headed. You ain't really worried about you know the tree line. So that's how I felt. What What did this? Uh, how did How did the the incident between you and the girl comedian? Uh, how did that unfold? Like, what was that about? Uh, mm, nothing. It was a. Uh, I guess you could consider it like a, a discrepancy between two drinking buddies. Okay. You know what I'm so saying? So you knew her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is just me. Um, if I say something uh, that's associated to something serious uh, that impacted somebody's life in, in a way. Um, you know, I would like to think that it would be something that we could laugh about together. You did. Um, and I wouldn't want to mislead or, you know, to misguide the audience to believing something else. Especially you know, that person being in the room, I wouldn't expect that person to be all right with that. But the good thing is, through all that, we just kind of uh, got closer together, got to know each other better. Um, and, I mean, we we still, we started out drinking and laughing, and we ended it drinking and laughing. You know what I'm saying? There's a little kerfuffle in the middle. You dig what I'm saying? Um, but after that, you know what I'm saying? We just both said, hey, man, we drinking. We having a good time. Let's continue. And that's what we did. Right. When something like that happens, you have to make adjustments, right? You have to say to yourself, you know, um, I know it had to be a point where you said to yourself, I lost my cool, and I ain't going to be able to do this because there's going to be other situations like this and I ain't going to be able to do that. This is comedy. You know what I do? Man, I deal with it, and I'm done with it. I don't do a lot of, like, letting bad moments linger. You dig what I'm saying? I deal with it. I'm done with it. The adjustment is made, you know, simultaneously with me moving on. You dig? Once, once, once I, once I have stepped away from that, I've already downloaded the data, and I'm going on to the next thing. I don't, I don't carry it with me. So that's how you do it. Cause I, I was like, I'm, cause look, man, you know, when it come to media, you got Donald Trump, you got Israel, Pakistan. 
and you got Diddy right now, and then you got Ti. <laughs> You got, that's a you hell know, of a, like, 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 that's a hell of a list. Yeah. So it's like, I, am, everybody's a billionaire I'm, but me. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is that uh, I'm more concerned about who a person is as a the character. Right. You know, it's cool to have bread and all that stuff, but yeah. what kind of person are you? Right. I like you more than everybody else. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I like you as a person. More than everybody else. I do appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And uh, I like you as well, man. Thank you, man. You're a stand-up you. guy. Thank you. You grew up in Bankhead, uh, Bankhead Yeah. Right? Uh, t- you know, tell me what that was like, you know, growing up in the household with Clifford, Buddy Harris. Well, you know? okay. <laughs> First of all, I didn't grow up in a household with Buddy Harris. Well, well uh, Buddy Harris lived in New York. So I went to see him okay. in the summertime, um, okay. and uh, I grew up with with my mo- my mama and my grandmama mostly. Uh, my mom, you know, she she was still doing her thing. So I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, my uncles, in, um, in Center Hill. Center Hill, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, I think it was man back in you know, especially in the early '80s, it was a middle class, working class community uh, with, with black people. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a, a, a ecosystem somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if your grandmama went home, your neighbors would watch you in the house and make sure if she said you ain't supposed to be outside, then you ain't going to come outside. You know what I'm saying? If they catch you showing your ass up the street, you're going to get a whipping, get sent home with a note. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff, man. Um, and I feel like it was a, a, a community of, of of high morality principle. You know what I mean? Like it was just stuff that wasn't gonna fly for real. Uh, but as we all know, as the crack epidemic began to be introduced into communities, that fabric it kind of started disintegrating mm-hmm. bit by bit. So at, at that point, it became a treacherous ghetto, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, less people, like before, there were families that had, had their house, owned their house, raised their kids, been there for, you know, tens, tens, twenties of years. Now it's kind of like a lot of rental properties. You know, it's probably about five, six, Five, six, let's say 10% people who own their house and been there, and then 90% either renters or, or implants came from somewhere else. So it's, 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 it's had its, its share of, of transformation and its evolution from when I grew up to now. But so at first it started out very like stable and structured, and then it just grew into chaos. You know what I mean? Um, but it was, you know, it was, uh, lots of lessons, lots of, uh, instilled a lot of principles and morals and just a a higher expectation of myself as far as my character, the quality of my character. So you stand with your, your, your grandparents, they're raising you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
what what are what are you seeing? What what is Tip seeing that is influencing him to say, "This is what I want to be, but this is what I'm gonna do until I can be what I want to be or get to where I want to be." Or did you say, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna be a damn kingpin." Well, first of all, um, nobody in my family could teach me how to do what I'm doing. I don't have any other people that's in the music business in my family before me, rather. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other people that was in the entertainment business in my family before me. These were all blue-collar, working class, bust their ass for what they need people, you know what I mean? Um, my father in New York, now he was, you know, he was probably the richest man that I knew personally. You know what I mean? Uh, he had made his way to million-dollar status before I was born, but he got his money out of the streets, running numbers, and he had a pipeline from Harlem to Atlanta. And, uh, you know, he, he owned properties and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was somewhere in between busting my ass to get what I want and seeing my expectations came from my father. Like, I expected to live at least on this level of life because of my father. Uh, when I was in my grandmama's house, the one thing that I knew was, uh, it's better than this. You know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live. I'm going to live better than this. I remember one time I was at my grandmama's house, uh, and you remember when Lifestyles of the Richard Famer came on? Mm -hmm. So I was in my, in my, uh, my cousin's room, because uh, I ain't had no TV in my room. So I went, and she had a door. My, I didn't have a door. So she had a door. And I go in her room, watching her TV, and it's an Eddie Murphy episode that came on. Because I think Richard Famer came on, like, right after Saturday, right after Saturday cartoon. And so uh, he walking, he walking, Robin Leach through his house and whatnot. And I remember seeing... Uh, he was, he was showing up. Well, I don't want to say showing off. They had focused on some doorknobs, I think, with, like, crystal. They looked like diamond, like a big diamond, mm -hmm. like a crystal doorknob. And, you know, they looked at it and, you know, zoomed in on it. And I was thinking, because I looked at the door at my house, I'm like, man, we ain't even got no doorknob on this door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a rag in a hole, you right. know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, no, it got to be better than this. I got to have, you know, something better than what I'm than my surroundings. And, you know, as soon as I planted that seed of expectation for myself, um, those were like that's what I was I was I was pushing myself to achieve the things I needed to achieve to be afforded those types of spoils, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I ask you this, man, because you're different. Thank you. You know, you... you uh, That's a compliment nowadays. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You're different in a good way. Like, uh, you know, the your, your, your resilience, your perseverance, you know, the... You know, the love that you have for your family, you know, your, your friends, the way you take care of your friends, your business acumen, you stand on business. Um... So that ain't something that everybody got. Mm. You know, it's got to be something that is something or someone that influences that or something that you look at and say, 
I want to do it that way. And you said, you know, watching your dad, you said, you know, I at least want to have this type of, this yeah. is the boy at least. Right. Right. So my pops, he was the kind of guy, right? Uh, when I was born, he was 50 when he had me. So when I was born, he had done phased out of whatever he was doing. Mm -hmm. I never talked to my father about what he did or, you know, I, I knew he took numbers or ran numbers, but he treated it like a job. Like he'd get up every day, same time, leave the house, same time, come back home, same time. Uh, and he had like such a system that I, I felt like, you know, that, that's, his, that's his real job. Um, it wasn't until, like, you know, I got a little older and started hearing my uncles and other people, you know, talk about him when he wasn't around, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I started to, like, oh, okay, so it is bigger than this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, however, he never, like, I don't know, I really still to the day don't know how the number system, like, how it works. Um, he, he showed my sister. He showed her how to get the numbers and how how to figure out who to pay, who not to pay, and all that stuff. He never shared any of that information with me. Uh, he was just pops, you know what I mean? Um, and he, you know, he did support my 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 vision when I told him I needed money for studio time and stuff like that. He'll 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 fool with me a little bit, but eventually, I guess probably about. The second time I asked, he said, "Hey man, you nigga, you gotta get you a real job. You know all this, all the, all the hopes. You gotta get you, <laughs> you gotta get you a real job, man. Get you some, get you a lesson, yeah. so you can go, you know, grow up and be something. Uh, you know, and I, I understood why they didn't understand, cause what I'm trying, what I was trying to do at the time, coming from where we come from, it had never been done before." Because this was even before Outkast. I was like 10, 11, 11, 12 years old. This was like when Crisscross and uh, Another Bad Creation came out. When I saw the kids could, you know, get up there and do their thing, and you don't have to grow into an adult before you make it, I started trying to get it then. Um, and I understand that they didn't understand because, you know, it was something new and different. When your dad would go out there and get it and come back with it, who was minding you? Uh, at the time, let me see. When I was going, when I was going to New York, my grandmama. So my grandmama would fly up there with me, uh, my cousin Sean, uh, my other sisters would be there. This is your paternal grandmother. Yes. Okay. Yes, my mo my mama's mama. She okay. She would Some accompany me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. She she would accompany me up there. Um, and watch us, and you know what I mean? He did his thing. I mean, I'm talking like from 11 to 6, 11 to 5, you know what I mean? He'll leave around 11 a.m., Price is Right was on, and he'll come back by the time Sanford and Son was on, you know what I mean? He wasn't like no stay out all night type of cat. He'll go do what he had to do, come on back mm -hmm. and cook. Man, you just struck a nerve when you, you mentioned Sanford and Son. Did you hear yeah. about how Red Fox was treated on the royal family? No, I didn't. Yeah, I was watching a video of Della Reese, mm -hmm. and she was discussing how the producers treated Red Fox. They did not respect his com comedic genius. Mm. She said that they, uh, that she talked about one uh, instance where, one, one incident where uh, Red Fox, they were reading, and Red Fox was doing 
an interview with uh, Entertainment Tonight or somebody, some major publication, some mm-hmm. major news outlet, mm-hmm. and um, or entertainment outlet, and the, uh, one of the scenes required Red Fox to walk behind her seat and walk past her, you know, and he didn't have to be in the room at the time, but the producer looked around and said, where's Red? And she said, well, he's in there doing an interview. See, she says, the, the guy goes and get Red Fox and, you know, tells him to come out. And then once Red Fox realized that they just wanted him to pass by the seat and they could have anybody to step in and do that, he flipped out. You know, keep in mind, this is because of all of the other pressure that they've put on him and mm-hmm. the disrespect that he's had from being on the show from the producers. That was the so last straw. This was the last straw. So right. he he snaps and freaks out, and next thing you know, he falls to the floor. And you know, uh, you know, she 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 Delarice said that she knelt down, uh, kneeled down uh, over him, and was trying to assist him. Mm. And she told them to call his wife where she said that he screamed I get my wife and she said call the paramedics so she says that uh, I believe she said he either died right then and there Mm. and then they they got him in the ambulance and then uh, he came back for four hours and you know he was cool and then he uh, he faded out and he died like that damn so Essentially, the producers put the wheels in motion, mm. you know, to to cause him enough anxiety. That stress, you know, see, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. That stress will kill you. That's why I deal yeah. with it, be done with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because people want to run you crazy. I ain't going, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I read uh, what Nipsey Hussle said. Uh, you can either be at war with yourself and at peace with the world. Or a war with the world and at peace with yourself. Mm. You feel me? So I don't Fine. care what y'all got to say, man. Y'all gonna talk amongst yourself. I don't know uh. don't. You feel yeah. me? And if I was in Red Fox position, man, I'd have came out there. And when I see him, I'm like, man, I'm going back <laughs> to my interview, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's that. Yeah. You feel me? Um, uh, I do understand how emotions can can run can run high, and you know, frustrations can push us to uh, value conversations more than necessary. You know what I mean? When something is is spoken or or you feel like people playing with you or dealing with you in a certain way, you could, yes, you could respond to that in an an irrational, irate, emotional, um, uh, a frustrated tone or... You could understand why they doing it. I think the understanding, you say, okay, I see why they doing it. They're trying to, all right, yeah, not going to do it. Cool. And you move on, and, you know, I feel like that's, that, that, I, that's what I have found to be uh, a, better, a better response for me. Because yeah. I used to do that, too. I used to do that, you know. Sometimes, you know, you know, take a take a little. Got to crack some eggs to make an omelet, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I get that. I I totally get that. 
But what happens? What happens that in those moments where you do have to crack an egg and get an omelet, like with the King situation recently, where hey. you know you guys had a, a, a public feud at the, so that at the was, game? So that was that, 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 that was just you know a, a Harris family counseling session. <laughs> a, a very public Harris. It, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it was public. It was public. This, yeah. this, was, this was a field trip. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Now, what? What? What set him off? Uh. He and I, um, uh, uh, he and I first, and then him, my wife and I, have a very, very different perspective in, 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 you know, in his upbringing, Mm -hmm. his childhood, you know. And um, I think the, the largest misconception between he and I, because I call him, you know, I say, man, you from the suburb, you know, and uh, me, as a person who came from the, from, from, from the turf, I'm, you know, in the city, I'm from here, you know, and all while I grew up, I looked there, and it was the, the destination, this was, you know, the place people wanted to be to change their life and have a better way for themselves. When my mama wanted to get me out the hood and go and, and, and put me in, have better surroundings and better schools, so on and so forth, that's where she took me. And that's where he grew up. Now, um, and, and also, the necessities being, you know, already present. You know, one thing about the ghetto, the trenches, is not just the quality of the construction around you is how we going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you know, is the phone on today? Is the gas on? It's cold. Am I heating water up in a, in a bowl, in a microwave, to wash it up for school? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, those type of things he never had to go through. And, and, and that's why I'm always considered at the suburb. Now, I'm not saying somebody from the suburb ain't just as capable as somebody who from the hood. Um, but we, 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 we must understand, even if they're capable, they're still not surrounded by the same level of treachery. You know what I'm saying? As people who, you know, who from the places like where I'm from. And he and I, I think he be thinking that I think he's soft. You know what I'm saying? Like he trying to show me that he he, he can protect himself and he... You know what I'm saying? That, that that he's a man of a certain stature that that I have inspired him to be by being myself. And um I'm like, bro, I, I I'm not saying what you are and aren't capable of doing, but the facts of the matter are, you from a very good home. You from a very good home, whether you at our house or your grandmama house. You from a very good home, got very good people, you know what I mean? You, it wasn't no, you wasn't abused. It wasn't no, it wasn't no other problem. If you had problems in your house, if you had problems you were dealing with, you went outside and you you went and volunteered for some problems. You didn't have no issues coming back and forth from school to home, like not having no clothes, not having a coat in the winter. Like you ain't really had these kinds of issues. Um, and you know, once we got a chance to speak like that, he he, he had to concur, you know. And, and you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, no matter what you able or capable of doing, 
you're going to always be my son to me. I was there from the beginning. You just assumed the position of the, the persona that you, you, this was just in the last few years. I was there, I was there when your head popped out. So I, I, it's just going to be hard for me. You're not going to get that from me. You just not. You ain't going to never get that from me. You can go and catch a thousand bodies. You still going to be my son. And I ain't finna treat you like, you know, you know, hardened criminal. I don't give a damn what you go out there and do. So mm. you just going to have to, mm. you gonna, you just going to have to, that's, that's what you're going to mm. get from me. So, yeah. so it's just a mutual, a mutual understanding. That he understand not to really expect that type of a response from me. And I understand not to expect for him to, uh, uh, I guess, not to not to expect for him to disregard whatever tragedies or whatever hardships he may have experienced, uh, even if they were volunteered. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He like, man, I still went through it. That don't mean just because I still had to go through it. I'm like, okay. And one thing he mentioned was. He said he went to school as a kid, like a famous kid, and he went to public school. And he's like, man, I ain't had no brothers, no big brothers that went to school with me. I went to school by myself. And so when I go to school, I got to hold, I got to hold my own. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I understand that. And you deserve all the stripes that come with that. But that's not finna make me treat you different. You know what I mean? Um, but I respect, I respect that, you know, that he believes in himself and he ain't, he's not just, he don't take it off. You know what I'm saying? He not just, just, just behaving this way for cameras. Like this is really, you know, this is really the, uh, personality that he has assumed for himself and all in all, it's really just a personality because he's not out there selling no dope and doing committing no crimes and nothing like that. I mean, I guess it's is is his is his is the way he's wired. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I try to respect that as much as I can. And he respects the fact that, you know, he can't he just can't speak out of turn, you know what I'm saying, with me and his mama. And I mean, that was the mutual understanding we came to. All right. You you as you said, you know him. I mean, you was there when he when his head popped out. Hell, you was there before the head popped out. That's right. I, I mean, put it there. You put it there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But knowing King, knowing that he he has a propensity to get worked up. Yeah. When you saw him getting worked up, why did you smash the gas? Why why didn't you just like pull him to the side and say say? I did. And he didn't, I, he didn't want to hear it. Mm-mm. Okay. No, that's what I was trying to do. I yeah. mean, but you know, hey, man. I, <laughs> I got instincts, man. <laughs> and yeah. I, I mean, but, but I feel like, you know, me just speaking, you know, calling it as I see it, uh, I always feel like if someone, you know, takes that the wrong way, that's not my problem. That's not my issue to deal with. You know. Now them take if them taking it the wrong way leads them down the path of disrespect, then it becomes my issue to deal with. Uh, 
And that mean, bro, you know, I think it's an isolated incident. You know what I'm saying? And ultimately, whatever I do for my children, whatever I did, it was done out of love. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I just had to love on them a little bit. I think every, everybody recognized that. But what do you say to them when you had them in the headlock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's privileged information, man. <laughs> Nah, bro. I mean, you know, we just had a little, we had a little slight conversation. Cause usually, when you put somebody in the headlock, you know, I didn't had. No, nah, I mean, it wasn't a headlock. I didn't. I didn't have it was more like a, a bell hook. It was a bell hook. Yeah, it was more like a bell hook. Okay, so it was a bell hook. Yeah, oh, a bell hook with with one of these at the end. <laughs> uh, but nah, man, I really want. I would just, I just pulled them close to me. You know, you know what I mean. But we could, like, real tight. So we could, you know, be joined together mm-hmm. as one, and 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 I could communicate because I felt like when we were just like this far apart, I just I was talking, but it wasn't getting nowhere. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I just had to get them close to me, so I could love them good. Yeah, this this is this is. I think one of the reasons why this resonates with me so much is because uh, when my son was 15, me and him, we had to have a conversation mm. uh, about who the dad is and who the son is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the hardest things to even just think about is the idea of like having to hurt your own son, mm. you know, like, um, you know, for disrespecting you. Yeah. Right. Because disrespect is not going to be tolerated Mm-mm. under any circumstances. Like you said, I don't care how many bodies you go out there and get. Yeah. You know, I'm still gonna treat you with love. I'm still, I still look at you as my son. You yeah. know, uh, and with the same uh, reverence and love. You know, I'm saying sure. you're still my son. So don't get it twisted. I mean, perhaps if I was not there for you, you know, if I was not a father like right. that was present in your life and coach you and teach you and guide at you and, you know, nourish you, protect you and, you know, invested in you. Right. You know, perhaps I might deserve a little disrespect. Maybe I, I'll, I'll take that, but not when I'm there, baby. When I, I mean, to be not honest, when I, not when I've been there from day one. So how I see it. And this is what I tell my children. I say, you are comparing me on the wrong scale. You know what I'm saying? The scale that you putting me on is not the scale I should be on. Simply because two things. One, anything that we should expect of ourselves should 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 cause for us to be better than our parents. I I feel I'm a more present parent, a better parent than my father was. And whatever you saw that was wrong with me. You have an opportunity to be a better father to your children. Mm. You know what I mean? But you can't show nobody that came from what I came from, building an empire on a path to generational wealth that has the, 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 the same presence as a father that is working a nine to five, coming home, and has a consistent schedule. Um there will be some sacrifices, you know what I mean? But all in all, you can't never say I missed a graduation. You can't never say I mean, I ain't even hardly missed, like, PTA. Every time they call me, I'm right there on your head, 
You know what I mean? Uh, my dad ain't even never came to my school before. My dad ain't even, you know, ain't hadn't even ever seen my bedroom, I don't think. She joined the crowd. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just feel like, you know, whatever it is that is missing, especially if you are stepping into what we would consider an adulthood. Part of an adulthood is to assume all the responsibility for anything in your life that is wrong is your fault. You know what I mean? Pointing the finger, blaming other folk, that's kid shit. So when you say you're an adult, it's my issue. It ain't going to get fixed till I fix it. So whatever it is that you have a problem with, you must assume that for yourself. You know, looking back, pointing the finger, that shit there ain't going to get you nowhere. And that's how I feel. That's, you know, because I know that moving around, doing what, what we do, whether it's movies, tours, uh, any other kinds of, of opportunities that have afforded us the life or the lifestyle that we've been afforded, it's going to require, you know, a sacrifice of time. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like it ain't the amount of time. It's the quality of the time that is being spent. Uh, so I think, you know, that's 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 how I, you know, communicate. Because all my kids, like, yo, when we were kids, man, you would come with it. Because, of course, I got a younger daughter, Aris, and the older kids, they they look at... <laughs> <laughs> the time you spent with her. Yeah, they look at my relationship with Aris. I, yeah. I was like, man, <laughs> I was practicing with y'all. <laughs> this taught me what to do. I seen, you know, what worked and what didn't work, and now I'm doing better. And, and by the time I'm a grandfather, which I have one grandbaby, I'm going to be even better than that. Do any of them get that? Get what? Do they do they understand when you tell them that, that, that you are, you you are, have evolved as a parent because of the relationship that you had when you were younger with them? Yeah. You know, do they understand that Harris <clears throat> has it better because... <laughs> I believe so. They were training, they were the training ground. I believe so. I believe yeah. so. I know it's 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 it it's been and is being communicated. Yeah. Um, but I think, man, I love all my kids and I had no reason to believe that they don't love me. I think that uh I feel like they just kinda have a they have a tough walk ahead of them because their instant expectations of them. You know what I mean? Before, just like you said, uh, not getting the grace of being able to just go and go through it and do it and learn from it and without it being documented. You feel me? So I feel like they got a tough walk because it's just instant expectation. They're under a microscope immediately from kindergarten. You know, and um, I empathize with that, you know. But, but, but the the life that justifies or causes that level of expectation, I feel like you just say you can't complain. You just, coming from where I come from, you, you just don't complain about that. Uh, so I'm trying to kind of unlearn and relearn some, but I still got instincts. Yeah. I think that there's a great benefit for, for those of us who don't, know any better, those of us who are trying to learn, or those of us who get it and we see a mirror of our 
ourselves and our own lives in your family because mm-hmm. y'all are very transparent. Mm-hmm. Do do you do you ever think about like when you're putting your your family issues out there that are you know usually like very private issues that become public? Uh, do you think that perhaps you should put uh, like show us the moments of clarity because you just alluded to the fact that there are moments of clarity where after you had after you had the spat with King. Y'all had a conversation and y'all had came to an understanding. Mm-hmm. But we only saw the spat. We didn't see the understanding. We didn't see the reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It, that would have been very beneficial if you had shown the people that. It and was, I know, again, that's private. No, nah, it ain't really because it was know? private. Just like, you know, the counseling session was not public. It was made public, you know. Uh, and it just so happened, you know, some people were around to experience it, but it wasn't public on purpose. So to make it public on purpose, I think you know, what I'm saying to me, I, uh, I. But we, but we, you know, the conversation was a, was a private conversation. You know, what I'm saying it was just, you know, and and there was no need to pull out a camera. You know, what I'm saying to to document the conversation. We didn't like set a conversation up like this. Yeah. It was just a. It was a very private. Uh, a very genuine, organic discussion. Um, the kind that happens within family, you know, and I don't see the need. I think sharing the outcome is more important, you know, because that feels like, you know, now we have an obligation to prove or show or to, you know, to perform at that point. And I don't think that's, that's not the best thing, in my opinion. Now, if it just happened to have happened, if we ran into each other and there were cameras around, sort of like me and Boosie, you know what I'm saying? So me and Boosie, we had our thing, and then, you know what I'm saying, we just happened to run into each other, you know, and people were filming as we ran into each other for the first time. That reconciliation was public. It wasn't meant to be made public, but that's the way the universe would have it. I totally understand. I totally understand. Just like you're saying, the, the, the altercation at the game, it was... It was something that was not planned. It just happened, and somebody happened to be filming it, mm. and they put it out there. Uh, I I totally get it. You mentioned that you and Boosie uh, reconciled. You and Gucci also recently. Well, you know, me and Gucci ain't really never had no problem for real. Man, so, I ain't never really had no problem. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing past conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we ain't never got physical. We ain't never... Really had no real, you know. To us, when you've been, when you've been in it, words that, that that's a, that's a, that's a that's a discrepancy. That's not a real issue. You know what I'm saying? If you're exchanging words with somebody, that's not really a real issue. You know what I mean? We 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 don't have no real problems. Ain't no blood been shed. Ain't no ain't no threats on nobody. No attempts on nobody's life. So. No successful that, attempts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, there, are there anybody else? Is there anybody else out there who you can share that perhaps you don't you, you've been bumping heads with that you'd like to squash squash the beef? I ain't whatever. really bumping heads with no. I I don't. I'm not aware of anything. I think the public may perceive or think or believe that. 
it's still heads being bumped, but my head in a whole nother, I'm, my head in the future, man. Well, can you give it to me? Give me this. Okay. Because you have such a transparent life, and I know there's things that we don't see, we don't hear about, right. so there got to be those moments. Sure. But a lot of what we see are private moments being played out publicly. Right. So, God damn it, we demand answers. <laughs> like, like well, that's why people ask. They, ask, they ask, ask straight questions. That's, ask, <laughs> that's why people ask because, you know, we see so much of it. Sure. And so people want to know, like, wow, man, like, you know, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? You know, um, celebrating 20 years of trap music. Yeah. You know, that, that's got to be a very good feeling to know that you were a part of something like that big, the creation of something like that. Yeah. You along with Gucci Mane. Sure. Uh, who, who was? Jeezy. Uh, that was you, Gucci Mane, you, Jeezy, and who, who, am I missing somebody? Uh, well, I mean, you know, the founding fathers would be me, Gucci, and Jeezy. Okay. You know, we, we, we would be considered like the co-founders. You right. feel me? Um I think uh, now, very, very closely behind, you would have to reference Yo Gotti and Boosie. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And Killer Mike. Okay. Um, very closely behind that, well, I won't say I won't say very closely, but moving forward into second generation, you have to, uh, I think, uh, okay, Migos, Future, Young Thug, 21 Savage. Um, I feel like, you know, they are the Mount yeah. Trap more. Yeah, I, I concur. You know, of the yeah. second generation. Um, and I feel like, you know what I'm saying, that's 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 an enormous level of, of growth and evolution. Uh, but it all comes from one principle, you know, one 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 concept in my mind. That is what the devil means for bad, God uses for good. All of this comes from us enduring um, extreme circumstances in our in our upbringing in these communities. Well, we none of us just got up, left the house, went to school, and came home, and was only worried about schoolwork. Everybody had outside like necessities, you know, like, I stopped getting whooping when my mama said, man, we got to have this light bill by Friday, they go cut the lights off. And I came to the table and put something on the table. At that point, I was an asset, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't just an adolescent, you feel me? And I think all of us experienced that. And once you understand that you can be beneficial to the household and once the household understands that you can be beneficial to the household then you 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 i guess you you're treated i guess appropriately you're i don't think that any of us went through what we went through for nothing it all adds to the testimony which we put the music which you know, our philosophical presentation set the music, changed the standard of living for us and our families forever. Uh, but because so many people can relate to it. So many other people have gone through it. 
with the war on drugs, crack epidemic, with the opioid crisis, with all these things, like everybody has been affected some way, shape, form, or fashion by, you know, the drug trade. And so that makes trap music kind of like relative to everybody. Um, and I think that's what that's what has uh, that's what has allowed it to grow and, and 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 sustain for so long. Yeah. How do you reconcile making the trap music? Because a lot of people ask this question, like you know, how do you? Uh, you know, I, I'm in your comments a lot. Oh yeah. You know, I'm in your comments <laughs> a lot. I follow you on Instagram, so I'm in your comments a lot. I read a lot of stuff that people say, and I may not comment. But I always like. Right. Uh, so you hear people say, well, anytime something happens about drugs or whatever, whatever, they say, well, you started this. Y'all started that. You know, y'all responsible for people, parents dying and uh -huh. being strung out on crack or whatever, whatever. Right. You know, how do you reconcile like celebrating trap music, but at the same time, uh, you know, taking responsibility for whatever role you may have played uh, with? You know, you know uh, the I would say the deterioration. You know of you know a lot of the neighborhoods around the country. Now, I'm not saying you. Well, I would say you was a kingpin or nothing, but no, I'm just no, saying listen, like. What I would say. Yeah. Um, how I look at that is, none of us necessarily put ourselves in these environments. We were born in these environments. These were the conditions that we were subjected to as children. So we grew up making the best of the options within the environment, um, especially given the dire need within our household. Um, it's just like if somebody, if you see somebody hungry and they stealing, I mean... They're not just stealing just because. They're stealing because they're hungry. They can't get nothing to eat. That's different than if somebody just, you know, stealing for, you know, for luxury. You feel me? And I think that our testimony is important. Just like if a person was an alcoholic. Let's say if you was an alcoholic, you was an alcoholic for 20 years. Then you stop. You've been clean for 20 years. Even though you've been clean for 20 years, you can still speak very, very coherently about the effects that alcohol had on your life. You can talk about the good times you had. You can talk about, you know, uh, how it destroyed your life. You can talk about the last time you was drunk. You can talk about when your head was in the toilet, you told God you weren't going to drink again. You could, and, and you could tell the moment when you decided that you weren't going to drink again and the path that you took on, to sobriety. That is your testimony. You have earned the right to share that testimony with the world because that is how you became the person that you are. Not only that, you have a civic duty and responsibility to share with the rest of the world that even though you were where a lot of people still are, that there is hope that you can evolve and, and that, that they can make it. And I think that's what trap music is. It's testimony, you know. It's information to those who don't really see what's going on and let them know, man, there's still people going through this. It's still a lot of work to be done. We still got to do better as a society. And it's also uh, inspiration. It's inspiration for those who are still stuck in it 
and hope. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people, they, they, they set expectations of themselves by sight, what they're exposed to. So let them know you can make it. You can do it. Don't quit. Keep grinding. I think that is the most. And, oh, and, la and lastly, we talking about it. We ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? So if we here talking about it, then that means that we have created a way for ourselves to not be doing it. So to remove yourself from the problem, you know, I think that that is probably the first action that one could take. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you had made mention of that. I think I don't know if you made mention of that during the show or mm. uh, was it when we were in the green room. But in any event, you know, you talked about how the difference between you guys and some of the guys today that are doing it is that y'all talked about what y'all did. Right. And they're talking about what they're getting ready to go do. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. this is why you have uh, prosecutors trying to use these guys' lyrics, like Young Thug, trying to use their lyrics against them, mm. because the prosecutors are saying, "No, this guy, this guy did this. He's being we, we're prosecuting him for these things, and mm -hmm. some of the things that he's saying actually correlates with." these things that he's being accused of. That's what they're saying. Like, and it's like, th these guys seem like they want, they don't want to get away. If they, I get it. First of all, you ain't supposed to be trying to be committing crimes. We got it. We got it. But if you did commit a crime, I thought the idea was to try to get away with the crime. Like, it's like they want to go to jail. Well, I think, yes, let's talk about all right, the first thing with, with, with the thug situation. So anytime you're in a court of law, right, um, and you have prosecutable evidence, right, I feel like the physical evidence and or witness testimony, if any of that was strong, you wouldn't need to pull from no lyrics. <laughs> you wouldn't need no lyrics. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is... I feel like when they start pulling from lyrics and talking about lyrics and songs and stuff, that means the physical evidence and the witness testimony ain't strong enough. That's just how I feel. Mm -hmm. No, I, I feel the exact same way. I, I don't think the lyrics should be used against you unless... I don't unless, even see how they understand what he's saying in the first place. I ain't never... How they make it that? It's, it's, Where's the translator? It sounds really dumb. I heard I, I heard their own the own lawyer trying to explain what he's saying. I, I heard one, one of the lawyers talking, man, and I'm like, man, hang it up, bro. Leave it alone, man. Why, why you got to do that, man? Like, leave it alone. Like, yeah, I, I'm just not with the using a person's lyrics against them because in that case, I man, if that's the case, man, you can go all through history and use. Sure. I mean, let's let's use. You know, people's uh, movie credits against them. You know, all of these movies, mm -hmm. let's use that. I mean, it's so much, you know. Yeah. And, and how many times have people, you know, threatened to do something to somebody and, and mm -hmm. they didn't do it or, or, or something happened later on and, you know, did they go and say, well, this person said this or they said that and therefore this person needs to get a life sentence. Mm. No, nah, they, they're doing this because hip-hop is the low-hanging fruit. If mm. this was, if these were rock artists, they wouldn't be going through this. I don't think 
I don't think Young Thug would be going through what he's going through if he was a, a white rock artist, right. you know, or a country western artist. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would be going through that at all. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think in this particular situation, hip hop is on trial, not Young Thug. Mm. And and this is why we have to be careful about cheering for the prosecution. I don't listen. Uh, you know, because I, I see a lot of that going I on. I cheer for who I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't cheer for somebody I don't know you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, man, I know him. I, I know I know I know little bro. I seen him come from a just a little skinny kid <clears throat> trying to pull his outfits together. You know, and, and one thing I know that he did is he surrounded himself with people who had the information. You know, every time I seen him, he was either with Birdman, uh, coming to see me, um, and like making sure, I think he, his early days he started with Gucci. Like I think, you know, he was surrounding himself with people who could offer him information. He wasn't just moving sporadically. He understood that there were things that he didn't understand and he wanted, and he always wanted to learn. Uh, and another thing is he always wanted to he always wanted to do for the people who come from where he came from. Like he, you know, I seen him one time, man. No, no, night, no cap. He, he, uh, like he, he would pay. He, he paid somebody. I won't mention their name. He paid them to keep him from, you know, going out there in the streets. You know what I mean? He was like, man, don't do that, man. Here, come back here tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And like that's that level of commitment got to be acknowledged or considered. Yeah. You mentioned outfits. Another thing that has to be considered is when he was wearing them dresses. What did you think about that? Man, bro, to be honest with you, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really think about it, bro. I mean, it honestly felt like something he was doing to get attention. It honestly felt like that. Uh, and he's not the first person to put on a dress. <coughs> the first man, I mean. He's not the first man to put on a dress. Andre 3000 did it back, I think, in the 90s. Andre wore a dress? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Let yes, us, he did. Hold on. Let us pray. I didn't know Andre put on a dress. Yeah, yeah, he wore a dress. But, I mean, man, but, you know, having appreciation for Andre... Knowing who he is as a person, you know, it's easy to separate that. It's much easier to be like, okay, he's doing this, obviously, for the shock value of it. I know this person. I know him personally. And, you know, you, 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 you have a, 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 a judgment of character being around a person. Don't take long. You be around him for just a few minutes, and 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 you can get a generalization of the the kind of character that you're that you're dealing with, and it just didn't match. You know what I'm saying? It just didn't match. Something that I see on a picture, like you know, that's being promoted as a a tool of advertisement, that's not gonna overwhelm what I 
experience of what I feel, what I what I know to be true from being around someone personally. Give me a generalization of what that conversation was like when those people used that photo of you and King trying to poke fun of a serious, <laughs> serious mo moment, and you you rolled up on them and was like, "Yo, ain't gonna be no beer sold, <laughs> ain't, ain't gonna be no, uh, what you say, no sections, amen, no, yeah, like you like no nothing." I thought that like, was a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a private conversation. Well, between. you know, when Ti is around a cell phone, uh, that oh. would be a cell phone recording. Uh, I had the, no idea the, the events as they take place. I had no idea, bro. I was really just, man. I just wanted to uh, express my tenacious passion to make sure that 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 this could not continue, and it had to be, uh, it had it had to be reprimanded. And it had to be corrected. For those who don't know, T.I. <laughs> T.I. was supposed to be a guest at this club. I wasn't. Well, I was not. You weren't supposed to host anything? Mm -mm, no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm -mm. So, so, so you ended up hosting after that happened? Yeah, because the money that they had to pay me. You they know, ended up breaking bread uh, after you pulled up on No, nah, well, they broke. Uh, so, yeah, so, okay. That happened. There was a, a flyer posted. So they posted a flyer of T.I. holding King in a head like his son. But it, was a, it was a digitally imposed right. picture. Okay, a digitally imposed, like a with Photoshop. Yeah, with both of our right. images on there. Okay. And, um, I mean, bro, I just felt that was real. It was blatant. And... Uh, you know, my granddad told me, nip it in the bud. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that kid is for it could become cancerous. So I, I, when I saw it, you know, luckily, I was able to pull up and, and you know, communicate that this wasn't acceptable. And uh, I got the attention of, of the management and ownership. And we, you know, we, we expressed to them, what it would take for for us to be made whole. And then when they did that, they said, well, well now we got to, you know, we got to do something now. I'm like, all right, well, I'll tell you what, you do a new flyer and we'll do a different, we'll do a different party, but we can't, we ain't doing this. So they, they, uh, they came to the table with sufficient funds and we showed up to the party. If you can roll up on somebody like that and give me a check, man. You know, like, yeah, you made that work, man. Because, you know, it's really disrespectful, man. Some of these promoters can be very disrespectful. I mean, shouts out to the good ones out there. Yeah. Shouts out to the good promoters that stand on business, that that have some integrity. But yeah. some of these dudes, man, they need their asses whooped, you know, or worse. You know, yeah, man. straight up, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. That, that I think... Worse. I think the I think man my general uh, concept of, of of how I live is I just try to treat others how I'd want to be treated. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do that to nobody else. You know what I mean? Like I just try to treat others how I want to be treated. And you said you know you, you said something that everybody know to be true. You know. This is my city. It's Atlanta, baby. You mm. you're gonna try this shit. I don't care if you got a, 
maybe you ain't got the memo or something. Maybe you from out of town. <laughs> but this is my city, baby. And if you're going to try some slick shit, you damn sure ain't finna try it right here. And I, I like how you handled that. I, I really, really do appreciate how you handled that. People tend to go to you a lot, though, when things are going on, even politicians, you know. You're one of those... You're one of the first people that people tend to call you and you and Killer Mike. Yeah, you know y'all. You're very consistent. Mm. You know, with with making yourself you know available for the right calls. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I am genuinely passionate about doing what I can, using my influence um, to do for others that are in similar situations that I was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, What's sp- speaking, this this is. Uh, you want to f- finish that thought? Uh, what I was saying, yeah, yeah. I just have a genuine passion for helping people who's in similar situations, who in you know enduring extreme circumstances. Uh, so I feel like with great reward come great responsibility. Um, and 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 if there's something that my voice can activate that would not have been activated without it. Uh, I try to just, you know, give it the the proper amount of consideration. Although, not interested in politics, don't care to be a politician. Um, I mean, I I just feel like the people who are in politics, they care so much about winning elections and being in position that they're willing to do way, way, way more treacherous things than I would be because I don't really care enough about the position. I already am in position without the election. So I don't really care. So I, you know, I just try to, I try to stay out of it and, and, you know, I try to do what I can. I help them till it hurt me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So right. I can't, I can't hurt myself to help them. Yeah, Absolutely. So I wanted to do something special. I've never done this before. Okay. But I wanted to bring do something really, really special, man. All right. Um, can, can you make sure everybody got one of these? Um, this um, year we lost a good friend of ours, our brother and our friend, uh, and your business partner and mm-hmm. uh, manager, yeah, Clay Evans. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... I sent you a shot, you know, I sent you a text, let you know yeah, what I was thinking. You did. Um, let you know that you was on, you know, you was on my mind. And, and you know, I appreciate I, that. And I was praying for you. I appreciate um, that. But I wanted you to know, bro, that, uh, you know, Clay was really special to me, too. Mm. And he was special to a whole lot of people. And you couldn't have asked for a better friend, uh, you know, a brother, right? You know, so I wanted to, you know, uh, oh, I wanted to do this toast on behalf of Clay. Okay. You know, Clay Evans. You know, you know, our brother, our friend, gone but never forgotten. Right. To Clay. To Clay. Here, right. here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sitting down with me. That's a kick in the pants. Thank you for sitting down with me, man. Man, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Always good conversation. You know what I'm saying? Always, uh, 
intellectual discussion of philosophy. Yeah. Theory, you know what I'm saying? Right. View, perspective on society. I don't need no more. <laughs> I don't need no more. Uh, uh, and, and I appreciate your contributions. You know what I'm saying? I remember, man, listening to y'all, bro, when, you know, I ain't had no TV in my room. All I had was a radio. You know what I'm saying? So I remember listening to y'all and just imagining myself in position one day. Right. <clears throat> so y'all gave me the same hope I hope to give others. So I appreciate Absolutely. that. Well, you did that. Love and respect. Ladies and gentlemen, tip, no more talk. <laughs>